Every believer really has the potential to do all of the miraculous things that Jesus did in yeah, greater because that's what sick, Jesus told us. Or that one thing will take up the entirety of their life, the entirety of their thoughts, the entirety of their goals, mm -hmm. but it never satisfies. Yeah. And God's saying, instead of putting all your effort into something else that's not yeah. going to bring you true life, no, I'm going to redirect that and I'm going to seek and search after God instead. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us with our second podcast that we're doing in this format with season two of Glory Now. I think this is episode 128, and we are super excited to be able to continue doing these. And we have heard some good things about uh, what everybody has thought of the first one we did this way. Uh, so we're excited to continue going on with this. But we want to jump into this today with talking about seeking the Lord, talking about how to seek the Lord and what that means and some of the things with that. And I think the best place to start with that is going to be one of the ways that Jesus summarized in the end of Matthew chapter 6. And in verse 33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Yeah, and when it's talking about that, you know, it applies to everything in life. Because mm -hmm. the passage right before what, what Caleb read was talking about people worrying about what should we eat or what should we wear or uh, all these things. And he's talking about, hey, you don't need to worry about these things. Let tomorrow worry about mm -hmm. itself. But instead of worrying about all these small things, focus instead on seeking first the kingdom of God. And then all these things shall be added unto yeah. you. And seeking first, it's it's funny because, <laughs> you know, really the the American church, the church in America has an issue with understanding this. Yeah. Because, and, and I've talked to so many people. Now, the younger generation that's coming up that's on fire for the Lord, they will do anything. <laughs> they will do anything. And that's why there's such a problem with the younger generation because the passion that they have to fix problems in the world has been weaponized. Uh, to be directed towards things that actually don't fix problems in the world, but cause more problems in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I've noticed with any young person that I've talked with or gotten to know or anything like that, that once they get on fire for the Lord, you cannot stop them. <laughs> you cannot stop them. And so, but the seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, this is something that like there's, unfortunately, you well, you look at Abraham, right? Abraham, this is the same thing with the disciples. What's the first thing that happened? God calls them and then tells them to leave everything and go after me. Leave everything and mm -hmm. follow me. And I'll give you something to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a job to do. I'll make you fishers of men. Or, or he said Send to Send him to the promised land. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make, make of you a great nation. nation. Or when he called Moses, he said, okay, I've heard the cry of my people. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to empower you. And I'm going to send you to do a job. And so what a lot of people don't realize when they are thinking about this is the seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you, that it doesn't mean seek first in the way that you think you're seeking first. That's seek first in the way that American church tells you. Seek first in context of the American dream. Or in cultural yeah, you or know, in pressures culture. or societal mm -hmm. norms. It's seek first the kingdom of God. And when you seek first the kingdom of God, God will give you something to do. <laughs> That's why he says in, in Matthew chapter five, before that, he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. When you seek first the kingdom of God and you start pressing in after the Lord and you start seeking for his will to be done, <laughs> the Bible says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. When that fire of the Holy Spirit gets lit on the inside of you, 
it will shine out of you. And people will see it <laughs> yeah. and people will notice it and mm-hmm. you'll draw people to you because that's the nature of light. It shines in the mm-hmm. darkness. It draws people to you. People say, hey, there's something different about this person. And they'll see it in your actions. They'll see it in you and how you act. And they'll see it because God will add all these things unto yeah. you. So they'll see the manifestation of God's blessings in your life because you are seeking first his kingdom. Yeah. And seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness is is a, an abandoning of ourselves. We're not carrying in the the thing that we're trying to do and asking God to bless it. You know, there's so many so many people that if they they've never sought the will of God for themselves. You know, you should go back and listen to I know Pastor Dennis is doing part 3 on purpose uh this Sunday at the time of this recording. Um, but he's already done two parts on it, on finding your purpose and finding the thing that God has called you to do. And I guarantee you that the thing that God has not called you to do is to work a menial job with no purpose and no kingdom attachment to your life where you just clock in, clock out, make your money, make just enough to get by, just enough to put your kids through school, just enough to retire and sit around and watch TV and die. (laughs) That is not what God has called anyone to do. He's called us to seek first the kingdom and to build his kingdom on the earth. And so the reason we want to talk about this today is seeking the Lord is how do we go about seeking first the kingdom of yeah. God and his righteousness? Because I think part of part of the reason why Christians don't don't do that is either they're selfish or they don't know how. They don't know <laughs> They've how. They've never been told how they're, they're supposed yeah, to do it. Or they're seeking, as Caleb said, you know, they're selfish. So they're seeking mm-hmm. things for their own will, their own desires, their own things, rather than saying, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And sometimes in seeking God, we've got to put things that we want and put them up on the altar mm-hmm. before him, like Abraham did when, yeah. you know, God gave him his son. That was Abraham's dream. That was God's promise to Abraham. Hey, you're going to have a son. I'm going to bless you from this, you're going to have a huge, you know, you're going to create a nation. You're going to have tons and tons of children, you know, as many, many inheritances as stars in the sky. And it was going to start with Abraham and his son. And God told him to go and sacrifice him. And you, that's like, what? You, you, you yeah. hear that and you're like, well, you're crazy. Like, why would he go and do that? Like, didn't you promise him? Yeah, I'm supposed to have this God. This is your promise to me. Like, why do you want me to give it to you now? So sometimes yeah. God will test us with the things that we have. Mm-hmm. We're holding on. He's like, will you trust me with this? Yeah. Will you trust me with your dreams? Will you trust me with your the desires of your heart? Will you trust me with these things and yeah. rely on him and seek him first? So then you can receive and partake Mm -hmm. of that dream. Just like when when Abraham said, okay, God, I'll trust you. I'll sacrifice my son. I'll give you my son. But God stopped him from actually killing his son and said, hey, no, you passed a test. Like blown away, blessed him, gave him a ram to offer on the sacrifice instead. And and then fulfilled his promise he made to Abraham. And the, and the reason why you can know to do that is you can read later in Hebrews chapter 11 that Abraham, he, he didn't consider it. He counted God faithful and considered that even God, if he sacrificed Isaac, would raise him from the dead. Mm-hmm. And see, the reason we know we can give up anything that keeps us from seeking the Lord is because we know that... God is not asking us to give anything up in our lives for our detriment. It's always for our benefit because it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. God doesn't want us to just give things up just for the sake of, you know, he doesn't want us to, to pay penance and walk on glass and go through all this suffering for the sake of suffering. He has good things for us. Mm -hmm. He has good things for us. And he just wants us to trust him with those things wants mm-hmm. him to trust him in every area of our life with our with all the stuff that we've been given with our desires with our will with everything and say okay god i know you know better than me so i'm going to seek you first i'm going to seek your will first i'm going to seek your what your purpose for my life first and then i know all yeah. these things will be added unto me all these good things will be you know coming to come be, be given to me so if you don't know what it is that god has called you to do Go back and watch the series that Pastor Dennis just (laughs) did on purpose. (laughs) So I want to jump here to Matthew chapter 13 and kind of continue on with this is the parable of, of the pearl of great price. It says in verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven 
is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. He went and sold everything that he had and bought it. And you can see that the disciples did that. You know, when, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and and was asking how, how to have eternal life, he said, go sell all that you have and give to the poor and come follow me. And the disciples said, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. Yeah. <laughs> like, what about us? <laughs> we left everything to follow you. And then he goes on and, and continues teaching them. And which was really a, a like, you're going to have persecutions, but whatever you've left, whatever you've given up, whatever you've laid aside for the kingdom of God, you will receive now and in, in this, this life, life a hundred times what you've given up. And so the only thing that God really calls us to give up to follow him is everything that we were never created to be. That's really good. Say that again. <laughs> the only thing that God really asks us to give us, to give up to follow him is everything we were never created to be because he has our best interests in heart. And, and here's, here's the thing too, that you will not stumble and fall away. If you understand one thing, God is good mm -hmm. and the devil is bad. And if there's something wrong in my life, I can take it to God and give it to him and get something good in my life. <laughs> you know, the Bible says he causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his His grace. And so if, if we know that God's going to work all things for our good because we love him and we're seeking him, we don't have to worry about, like when you when you start asking people, when, when people get called to a church or they get plugged into a church and they start volunteering or they start going out and helping with soul winning or, or any of the events that we may be doing, you can almost, you can almost feel, I don't know how else to describe this, for people who like, people who won't seek first the kingdom of God, but want to do their, their own thing, but just check the box of church. It's almost like you can feel the apathy. Yeah. It's like, cause the Bible says to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, otherwise you'll be deceived. And so when you don't do what the word of God says, you know, the, <laughs> you actually enter into deception and you deceive yourself and then you live a life wondering, you know, that it's just comfortable enough to keep you from getting desperate for God. Yeah. It's it's a detriment to many people. They have just enough comfort in their life that, you know, that's why or, so many or churches. Or they get to a place, like like he was saying, like mm -hmm. they're comfortable. So then they quit seeking God yeah. because they're like, oh, well, I just have what I need. So I don't need to seek God anymore. But the Bible tells us to seek him continually. Yeah. That means all the time to seek him, all the time to keep learning, all the time mm -hmm. to keep putting him before us. And you just, it can be easy to get complacent in areas like that where everything's going good and everything's fine. But we need to make sure that we're continually seeking God yeah. in every aspect of our life. Yeah. And well, and part of the reason why I think churches in persecuted countries grow so quickly is the same reason in the beginning of Acts they grew so quickly is because they were persecuted. Mm -hmm. They had to pay a price for what they believed. And sometimes, sometimes we get so comfortable that we don't want to take it to the next level or we don't yeah. want to seek for what more that God has for us. And I'm not just talking about a work that he has for us. I'm talking about experiencing his presence, paying the price for his presence and for his anointing and for being able to come to him and have a, a deep relationship with God. Yeah. Like, and you know, as the Bible says, what else is there to do? <laughs> yeah, crucifying the flesh, you yeah. know, pick up your cross and follow him. These, these instructions and you know, it's, it's putting my will, my desires, my feelings, my emotions and holding them to check and saying, okay, God, I'm still going to seek you first in every mm -hmm. situation. And again, none of this is really like, we might think it's a sacrifice and we might feel it in our flesh, <laughs> but it's not really a <laughs> sacrifice. It's so liberating. It's just, yeah, like it's so, you know, even the Bible talks about that in James that no, no uh, discipline at the time seems good. It's only afterwards that it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness that, that you feel liberated. I know we've both went through times like that where the Lord's worked on us in areas and made us make corrections with things or, or mindsets or whatever it may be. And it hurts at the time mm -hmm. and it's difficult and you feel flesh screaming but then on the other side of it 
you are completely liberated yeah. and you feel so much freedom. <laughs> Free, happy. And then yeah. you look back on it, you're like, man, why did I even let that bother me in the first mm-hmm. place? Or I can't believe I was thinking that way. <laughs> You know, that was so wrong of me to be thinking that way. It's so ridiculous. And you just kind of laugh at yourself afterwards because you look back on it and see how much you've grown, how much God's delivered you from and how much better it is. You know, in in Matthew chapter six, and actually let's jump to this in Matthew chapter seven first. Yeah. How do you seek the kingdom of God first? I think a lot of people don't do it because they're in a church that they've never been taught how to seek first the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And what it really means to be a disciple and live for Christ. You know, there's so many churches that the Christians think that that they're living the Christian life by just going on Sunday morning once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. And then it and then they don't pray, they don't read the word, they're not connected to the church outside of that. They they go out and they live exactly identical to the world. They drink, they smoke, they party, they watch things they shouldn't watch. You can't even turn on Netflix or any streaming service now. You have to screen everything you watch yeah. now. And like, basically just stick now yeah. to cooking shows. Exactly. Children's <laughs> and cartoons. Well, yeah. Sometimes children's cartoons. <laughs> yeah, They're starting to get those now. You can't even do children's cartoons anymore. But the the thing is, like most Christians, most Christians, most people who think they're Christians, they never question how they live their lives with some of these churches and church programs and stuff like that. And I'm not trying to just like bash all other churches. Yeah. There's many great churches that we're connected with that I wouldn't be here unless it was for, for those churches. But there's a lot of churches that are just in this program mentality. The service can't be more than 65 minutes long and people come in once or twice a month and then they leave and then that's it. And they don't realize they're missing the point of being disciples of Christ. Yeah, because the whole whole point of it is we just want you to feel comfortable. Yeah. So we feel comfortable. So we can't talk about anything that's going to push you or pressure you to seek after mm-hmm. God. That's going to push you or pressure you because it says, and his righteousness. So seeking after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So that means we have to seek to live holy. We have to seek yeah. to live righteous. We have to say, okay, God, what do you, what are your commands about this? What, what, what is, you know, how do I live holy? What is it like living righteous? But if you start getting into that, then it can start uh, offending people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I was, uh, with that, you know, a big reason why I think a lot of churches don't talk about about that, or or why Christians don't don't feel that, is because they have nothing that's agitated them in a divine way. Mm. They've they don't. A lot of churches don't talk about hell. They don't talk about eternal damnation and that you need to be saved. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank God all the churches and there's many churches we're that connected do. with that do. And and yeah, I understand so. that. And I'm not trying to throw out the whole body of Christ in America. There's just a lot of comfortable religious Christians that they've never had a revelation of hell. And because of that, like David, what agitated him was Goliath taunting God. Mm-hmm. And there was this like divine agitation that hit him on the inside that he couldn't stop and he had to do something about it. It's the same thing that happened to Moses, divine agitation for the slavery of his brothers in Israel Mm -hmm. that he couldn't stop and he had to do something about it, but he went about it the wrong way in the flesh. (laughs) And that's (laughs) why he had to go hide because he murdered somebody. somebody. (laughs) So, but then the Lord met him and it's like, I've heard your prayers. I've heard Israel's prayers. Now I'm going to raise you up and I'm going to send you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes... You just got to get agitated about something <laughs> to go and make a difference about it, to fall on your face and and pray to God and to to ask him to intervene and to raise up laborers and to do something, do something about it, to do something about the fact that there's people every single day that spend, they, they slip into a lost eternity mm-hmm. where they will spend eternity in hell. You know, the, 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 in Ephesians chapter four, the, the, ministering gifts that Jesus gave to the church is not there to do all of the work of the church. It's there for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, because every believer is supposed to win souls, make disciples. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And honestly, every believer really has the potential to do all of the miraculous things that Jesus did in greater, because that's what Jesus told us. Pray for the sick and see them healed, cast mm-hmm. out demons. All of that's for every, you know, every believer. You believe in Jesus, you stand in faith, and you expect to see that happen in your life. So 
How do we seek? <laughs> Ready for this important, wonderful... Um, <laughs> I'm trying to hype this up best I can. It's, just, uh, yeah, it's, it's very simple. Secret, secret on how yeah. to seek the Lord. Start Matthew 7, 7. I like that. We should, that's what we should name it. The secret on seeking. <laughs> secret on seeking. Secret seeking. Matthew 7, Matthew 7, 7. 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks him for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So did you catch that first step? Ask. ask. <laughs> he gives us three right there. First, ask, then seek, and then knock. Yep. So ask. Ask God. Ask, you know, one of my prayers for a while has been I've been I've had a desire in my heart to go to another level in my prayer life. And we talked about prayer and some of the things that the Lord had been teaching us in the last broadcast that we did from for this. But all of that started with asking, just Lord. Teach me from your word. Teach me, send people into my life that know how to pray that I can learn from. You know, mm -hmm. send me books that from people who have written books that I can learn how to pray. Send me revelation from your word that I can know how to pray. And I just began asking him. And then you seek and you will find. You will find. Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. This is one of my favorite verses in, in the Bible. Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13, specifically verse 13, but starting verse 12, it says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. He will hear you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you pray, he will hear you. When you ask, he will hear you. Most of the reason why we don't have the things in our life that, that we want to have is because we don't bring it to the Lord and lay it on the altar and ask him about it. Mm -hmm. And pray about and it. pray about and it. And confess the word and believe. But the next thing here is in verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And that's the key when it comes to seeking mm -hmm. God is seeking him with all of your heart. Mm -hmm. With like your whole self, your whole being, everything. Like, God, I really want to seek you. I really need you. I really, you know, I desire you. All of that stuff. And you make him the first, like I said how we started with it you know seek him first and when you do it with all of your heart that's what makes him first yeah you know it says in psalms 84 and verse 2 my soul longs yes faints for the courts of the lord my heart and flesh sing for joy for the living god and in psalms 42 1 it says as the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? That's one of the things you have to do if you're going to seek first the kingdom of God is you've got to begin desiring intensely the things of God. And when you, the Bible says in, in Matthew, I think it's in, yeah, Matthew chapter 5, in verse 6, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Mm -hmm. you got to start developing an appetite. you got to yeah. start developing that. And that brings us back to where we're talking about, about people getting too comfortable, because yeah. then they don't have that appetite. They quit desiring the things. They quit thirsting after. They quit hungering after the things of God, because they become content with the stuff around them. They become content in their comfort or whatever it is. And it's good. I'm not, you know, like, I'm not going to bash people who are blessed. I'm not going to bash yeah. the blessings of God because he wants us to be blessed. Yeah. And, Absolutely. you know, he wants us to have the, you know, comfort. He wants us to, to have these things, but we need to make sure that when we do have these things, we don't get comfortable and quit mm -hmm. seeking God and quit thirsting for yeah. God and quit hungering after him and his righteousness and his statutes and the things and, you know, that he has for us. When well, look here at John chapter seven, in verse 37, it says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirsts, 
Let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39 says, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Mm -hmm. If you thirst and you come to him, he will fill you. He will give you to drink. It says in, in, actually, I don't know the reference to that off the top of my head, so we'll go first to John chapter 4. The woman at the issue of the well asked Jesus for a drink, and Jesus answered in John chapter 4 and verse 10, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me a drink, thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. And then in verse 13, you can go there and, and pick up where, what Jesus continues to say, Whoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, talking about the natural water in the well. Yeah. But whosoever drinks the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. We've got to be hungry and thirsty for the things of God. And when I read this passage, it's like I can't help but think and feel in the inside of me, God, I, I need you. I, and I start desiring, this is a... a a thirst, a a drink that quenches all other thirsts. What mm -hmm. else am, in is my, in my life? Am I desiring? Am I thirsting after? Am I hungering after? What? Why do I hunger and thirst after those things? Why am I seeking after those things? Why am I bothered or concerned with those things? Because this is the quench, <laughs> yeah. quencher of all thirsts is to drink of his spirit and to be in his presence and to begin desiring him and to be filled by him. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians, it says, be not drunk with wine wherein is in excess, but be filled with, with the, the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be continually filled. You can see that from the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with other tongues. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. The Bible says when we pray in the Spirit, we speak mysteries unto God. We, we stir ourselves up. We stir up the love of God on the inside of us. We pray the perfect will of God. He intercedes for us on behalf of us. And, and it's like hooking up to this river that just the whole inside of you begins to get saturated yeah. and your thirst begins to be quenched. But then the, the, the amazing thing about this is this water that quenches the thirst for other things, the, the love for the world, the, mm -hmm. the lust of the eyes, the pride, pride of, of life. life. And the love for other things, it quenches the desire for that where you start following after God and you don't want the other things. And because all you, you want, want is God. Yeah. And that's where it comes with your whole heart mm -hmm. because then it's all I want is you, is him, God. Yeah. I don't want to search after these other things. I don't want to seek after these other things because you can watch people who who to try to go and, and whatever they're seeking after, whether it's money or, you know, whether it's addictions mm -hmm. or uh, fame or whatever it is, status. They they put their whole lives yeah. into trying to achieve that one thing or that one thing will take up the entirety of their life, the entirety of their thoughts, the entirety of their goals. Mm -hmm. All of it becomes wrapped up into that goal, but it never satisfies. Yeah. It never really brings true joy. It never brings true peace. It never brings true comfort. But they seek their whole life trying to get this thing. And God's saying, instead of putting all your effort into something else, that's not yeah. going to bring you true life. That's not going to bring you true joy. That's not going to bring you true freedom. He said, seek after me mm -hmm. because all that time, all that effort, all that energy will be rewarded. Because the Bible tells us that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So that's seeking him with all of our heart is all of our energy, our time our thoughts, the things that we would normally put into trying to seek or obsess over something yeah. else. It's like, no, I'm going to redirect that and I'm going to seek and search after God instead. Mm -hmm. It's amazing when you spend time in the presence of God, how all the other cares of this world, and that's even what he said leading up to it, take no thought for, for these things. And it says in verse 32 of Matthew 6, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows 
that you have need of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. When your desire becomes for, for the Lord and for the kingdom of God and for his righteousness and to drink of that river of living water, <laughs> you began to desire only after that. You, the, the, the other things start falling off. You can, you can try attacking those things and telling yourself, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. I'm going to stop lying. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop, you know, whatever it is. sin it is that's been bothering you. But the first thing you need to decide is not that I'm just like, yeah, you shouldn't do those things. <laughs> but <laughs> the way you don't do those things is not by vehemently attacking those things and always thinking about them and dwelling on them and trying to to get past them. Start seeking first the kingdom of God and start experiencing his presence and his love and be filled up and receive from him and from his anointing. It's the anointing that breaks, breaks the yoke of bondage. It says in Isaiah, I think it's 10, 10, 27. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. But when when you start experiencing that and it begins to you just begin to lose the desires for other things, the desire that does not go away, you get filled, but then you begin desiring after him even more. Yeah. <laughs> when you've really begun entering into the depths of of his presence in times of prayer, in times of worship, in services where God is moving. And there's nothing better. There's nothing better. I know it was a couple of weeks. It was probably last week. I spent a lot of time. I went out because it was just a busy day and I knew I needed to take mm -hmm. time to be with the Lord because it can be easy to get distracted by things going on or pick up responsibilities or whatever. And we have to be intentional sometimes to actually every time to set a mark. Cause <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if I'm not intentional, it's, it's not going to happen. Gonna happen yeah. <laughs> like if I don't, and I'm not intentional about it, it's not going to happen. We have to make sure we schedule time to be with yeah. the Lord, schedule time in my routine to spend time in prayer, schedule time to spend time in worship. And, and I knew I needed to, and I, I went out and I, I spent a lot, cause it's been a while since I've, I've just gotten alone and just worship God, you know, singing worship songs, singing praise songs, mm -hmm. nobody else is around, just me and God. And I was in there for probably about an hour and I, I knew I had to go take care of some stuff just because I had responsibilities that yeah. had to be taken care of and I couldn't put them off any longer. But even when I was in there, I was like, God, I just don't want to go. Like, I would, I just want to stay right yeah. here. Like, I could stay in this. I could stay in your presence. I could stay worshiping you. I could stay in prayer for another two hours if I had, you know, if I wanted to. But I had to meet somebody for uh, a church event, so I couldn't put it off. <laughs> And I remember just sitting there talking to him about that and how like, man, I just wish I could just stay here because it's, 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 it's life yeah. with God is life. Seeking him first, all these things shall be added unto you. And when you put him as your desire, everything inside of you wants to seek after him. Everything yeah. inside of you wants to pursue him. Everything inside you wants to stay with him because he is your heart's desire. You know, it says in, in Matthew chapter six and verse 19, it says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Before I hit on verse 21, because that's where I, I want to get to is verse uh, 21, but or verse 22. Verse 21, if... <laughs> You can tell where your heart is by what your money does. Yeah. And so if you start putting your money into the kingdom of God, your heart's going to follow after that. And vice versa. Your heart has to be into it for your money, money to, to go, go there. Otherwise you're going to, you know, it's like you can, you, but you can tell where your heart is. You can have an honest evaluation with yourself of looking where your money is. But in verse 22, it says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. What's he saying? If your, if your eye be single, if your focus be single, mm, if you're focused on that one thing, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, I think we read this in the last one too. We were talking about something else. In verse Two, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Or in verse one, it, let me go back and read verse one. It says, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience 
the race that is set before us. And that's when it picks up in verse two, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Other translations might say fixing your eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. When, when you begin to lose sight, you know, there's this song <laughs> about in the, in the things of this world will grow, grow strangely, strangely dim. dim. That's, that's so true when it comes to the things of God when you begin seeking after him because your desires for other things, especially if you are entangled up, you know, on the inside of you, you can have a strong desire for the Lord on the inside of you, but you're ruled by the flesh. Mm -hmm. And because of that, there's like this, like fighting that goes on of desire for earthly things and desire for spiritual things. If you want to fix that, just fast. <laughs> yeah, fasting just cuz then you get so you, you get so you you don't have the energy that you would normally get yeah. from food and that kind of stuff so then you don't have that energy the same amount so it's like man I don't even want it all the yeah. things that your flesh would desire <laughs> after all the things your flesh would normally do it's like man I don't have the energy for that. So then it doesn't have the same pull on you and it's yeah. easier to spend time in prayer. It's easier to spend time uh, worshiping and 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 pursuing reading the Bible and pursuing the things of God and filling yourself up with mm-hmm. Him. So then, when you're filled up with Him, all those other things don't have the same appeal, you know. Because if you're you're hungry for God, you seek after God, you want after God. But if you fill up on you know junk food or yeah. you fill up on candy or you fill up on something else, and it's like, <laughs> oh, well, I don't have room for 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 anymore. I can't t- eat anymore. I'm full because I filled up yeah. on candy. So like exactly <laughs> what happened to us today before the, oh, yeah. the podcast. <laughs> we went to the grocery store and we got these new. We're we're trying to find healthier, uh, healthier snack snacks. So we got these cinnamon covered almonds and uh they're better than just cinnamon they covered so chocolate good. or something but <laughs> we just started eating those <laughs> and then we opened the, the bag of chips bag. and we started eating the chips <laughs> and then we looked at each other we're like we should have just ate lunch before the podcast and i'm not even hungry for lunch but see that if we're not careful that's what we can do with the things of god mm-hmm. where we just we just, oh, you know, I, I know I'll pray tonight, but, you know, I just want to go home and decompress and let's just put on the TV and watch the show. And then five hours later, you know, <laughs> that I think I was, I there was a university that did a study to figure out the average amount of time that students were wasting. And they figured it to be about eight hours a day <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that full-time students were wasting was they come home after, after school in the evening. And most people do this with their careers. They come home in the evening and that time that they have at home is just spent just vegging out in front of the TV mm-hmm. or Binging doing whatever. Like, whatever. Yeah, you need an outlet. You know, you need a thing that you can do, especially if you have a family, you need to spend time with your family. Mm-hmm. You have to spend time with your spouse. But the Lord will, the Lord knows that. That's why marriage is instituted by, by Christ, God. <laughs> by God. <laughs> it's a blessing. You know, he, those things are a blessing. That's, the, the thing that you're not doing when you're seeking the kingdom of God is you're not trying to live a monastic lifestyle. Yeah. That's a very important, important thing. It's not about closing everything off so that you don't have anything else to do but to go and pray. Because when you pray, you'll get empowered to go and do. Mm -hmm. But it's being intentional, you know, setting certain like, hey, you know, I'm going to set apart this time on such and Mm -hmm. such day to spend some time in prayer or I'm going to set across and make sure when you when you set those intentional dates, like you turn off your phone, unplug things because things are going to pop up yeah. <laughs> things that happens to me all the time. I'll, I'll, I'll try to get intentional. I'm like, okay, I got to do this. I'm going to spend things this time in up. prayer <laughs> and things will come up or people come and bother me or people keep coming in the office. So I have to literally find somewhere to hide, mm-hmm. turn everything off and just dedicate a certain amount of time to God. Cause yeah. I, I can promise you taking like 30 minutes of your day to sit down and pray or worship it's or read the long, word. Yeah. It's not long and the world is not going to come to an end. No, like something may happen or whatever, but I promise you it will be okay and the world is not going to come to an mm-hmm. end in those like 30 minutes that you'd set apart to do your prayer, mm-hmm. Bible reading or read or worship or whatever it is when you're seeking after God. Yeah. Well, and if you're, if you're like hyperactive anyways, <laughs> and you can't find the time because you're always, oh, I got to go to this thing. I got to go to this thing. And you're just running around everywhere because you have all these things you have to do. Well, first of all, you're going to be operating out of your own strength to do that. Mm -hmm. And you're going to miss the grace of God because God's grace and and God's spirit 
doesn't flow through us when we are too busy to allow it to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's such, I've, I had, I've learned this working in ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had to wear many, many hats, which yeah. means I've had responsibilities of tons of things, tons of things I'd have to organize. And I found out that there were days where I was feeling like that. Like, yeah. I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. <laughs> and you get so stressed, you get so worked out and you just mm-hmm. feel like there's not enough time in the day and everything you try just doesn't even work. So it takes twice as long to do anything. <laughs> and yeah. I found there's a difference when I get all frustrated with that or if I step back and I say, okay, God, give me wisdom and instructions Mm -hmm. and a game plan. And immediately I'll get a download from the Holy Spirit. I can sit and write it all down and it flows amazingly because I said, God, I'm going to seek you first in this situation. I'm going to seek you first in my life. I'm going to get advice from you. I'm going to get uh, instruction from you. And then I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And it always it works. It always works when I mm-hmm. listen and, and seek him first before getting all worried and carried away by all the stuff in the world. Yeah. That <laughs> we going back then to what Matthew seven seven is ask. Yeah. If you want to know how to be hungry for God, ask. Lord, help me. I want to be hungry for you. And that's what I was getting at too when when we got on this is you can tell on the inside of you in your spirit there might be this faint desire on the inside of you that, oh Lord, I want what they're talking about. I want to have your presence. I want to have this relationship with you. And then when you go to put it into practice, your flesh begins pulling you in another way. And so it's it's that taking of time to to go with the Spirit's leading and to make sure that you take time. You're like, no, you know, speak to yourself if you have to. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like, nope, you're not doing this today. You're going to go pray. Like, you know? Victoria, you're going to yeah. read this passage in the Bible and you're going to like it. <laughs> everything we do. So, so contrast this. You can live a life, right? You can live a life where you have the grace of God working through you. We're saved by grace through mm-hmm. faith. We just believed and accepted it. Paul said that he was who he was by the grace of God. Paul even went on to say that everything that he does and the work that he does, it was not just him, but it was the grace of God working through him. So here's, here's the course of life options that you have. You can seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then the grace of God will come over you and you yield yourself to that, and it'll work through you, and everything will get done. And God will work through you and you will accomplish great and mighty things. You'll do exploits in, in his, his name because those who know their God will do exploits in his in, name. In, or okay, Adam, you can just do your own thing. <laughs> yeah. Or, and when you seek God first, he gives you your purpose. He yeah. gives you your goal. I was listening to somebody on, I don't know if it was like a TikTok or YouTube or some kind of something. And they were like bragging about like how great their life was because they didn't have any responsibilities and they yeah. didn't have a child and they weren't married. So they could do whatever they wanted to do. And whatever they wanted to do consisted of going to the club and partying every night. And then they would get wasted and then come home and mm-hmm. sleep in. And that was their life. And then the next day they would just watch TV shows. And that was their and life. And it's like, oh, you're bragging because you're so free that your life means nothing? <laughs> and I was like, that's really sad. <laughs> but that's how the world views it. Like, if I can yeah. waste away in front of a TV and party <laughs> every night, I have a great life. Yeah. Versus, I'm a minister. I get to travel around the... I've traveled around the world. I get to see God work miracles. I've seen people healed in front of me. I've seen God deliver people from addictions. I've seen God deliver people from destruction. I've seen God deliver people from depression. I've seen people's lives totally transformed, totally turned around. And I get to be a part of that. I get to go out and bless the community by giving giveaways, by giving out food, by helping people around me and helping them find their potential, find their purpose, find their freedom. One of them is a lot better than the other. (laughs) It's like basically you can embark on the adventure of a lifetime or you can sit at home and watch TV and and be drunk. And miserable. And miserable, yeah. And think, oh, but I'm free because I don't have any responsibilities. Oh, are you free? (laughs) <laughs> are you free or are you just bound <laughs> by addiction? By, yeah. <laughs> by by laziness, devil. by depression, yeah. by sorrow, you know, and all the, that. The stuff. thing that's beautiful with that too, is when, when you, when you begin to embark on that adventure with God, you know, that's the title of one of Lester Summerall's books is, uh, adventures with Christ, where he goes through and talks about his life, which is incredible. <laughs> but you start realizing, you start seeing all these amazing things happen and take place. And you're like, 
I know that wasn't me. And you begin to, because you're broken before the Lord. That's what, you know, you have a humble and contrite spirit before the Lord where you recognize it's not me that's doing these things. It's not Mm -hmm. me that's making these things happen. It's God doing it. And we were talking about that the other day. We were driving home and I was like, you know how, because I said on one hand, it's incredibly freeing and wonderful to know that everything in my life is because of God. And on the other hand, it also is humbling because it's like, I'm not responsible for any good thing I have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, God what, gave it to yeah, me. It's like, what good have you done? Well, here's the good I've done. I've seeked first, first, the, first kingdom the kingdom of God. of God and his righteousness and all those other things are, are added to me. Where I'm at today, living here in North Carolina at the church here, that's because of seeking first the kingdom of God, marrying you is because I sought first the kingdom of God. Every blessing that I have in my life is because I sought first, first the kingdom of God. I didn't make it happen. I didn't make a five-year plan and write out my plan. And and, and no, I got desperate for God and, and began seeking after him. And that's the thing is when you begin asking how to seek the kingdom of God, God will show you ways mm-hmm. to seek the kingdom of God and to seek him. And maybe it starts with inviting inviting people to church or maybe it starts with you actually coming to church oh yeah that's that's a good point let's back up a little bit first you go to church then you can invite other people to church you know the because there's this horrible thing going on too nowadays is like how many of you know that the church isn't a building it's a body it's like well yes but you know who I always hear that from? People who, who don't, don't want to go to church. <laughs> it's like the church is not just a building. It's a body of believers that come but here's together. The thing. It's a body of believers that are connected and are submitted to the gifts and ministries that the Lord has placed in the church. Because mm-hmm. Jesus is the one who hands out the fivefold ministry gifts and establishes people and plants people for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, you you should be involved in, in a church. If you're not involved in church, 4501 Lake Jeanette Road, Greensboro, North Carolina, 1030 on Sunday mornings. We would love to have you. Come, Come join be involved you. in Come our join church. Us. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> so Colossians chapter three and verse one says, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on the things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And so the we have to fix our eyes and fix our mind on the things that are above Mm -hmm. and not on the things that are on Mm -hmm. the earth. We have to have an eternal mindset about things. We have to, in seeking first the kingdom, kingdom of God, God makes it so simple and easy for us. He makes it so simple and easy for us. But the thing that we have to do is we have to break off apathy. We have to make sure that that is broken off from us. We cannot be apathetic. Apathy is not allowed. We have to hunger, we have to thirst, and that's the part of seeking because seeking takes action. If you're apathetic, you're not going to seek anything. But when you're seeking, you've got to have that drive, you've got to take that effort, you've got to put it first. It takes work to seek and to search something out. Even, you know, with us studying and going through the Bible, we have to take the work to read the Bible, to seek what God tells us in his word of God, in the word, and to follow Mm -hmm. after it and to seek advice from other men and ministers of God who have been tested and proven. And you read books that help bring more understanding to things in the Bible and in scripture. That takes seeking, that takes work, that takes effort. If you're apathetic, you're not going to want to do that. Like you'll have no desire, you'll have no drive, you'll have no motivation to do the seeking. Yeah. (laughs) I'm looking for a scripture reference here real quick. Yeah, I thought I had it. In Revelation, I believe it's chapter 2. Google has misled me. (laughs) (laughs) What are you looking for? So, 
I know in here in, in Revelation chapter 3, in verse 15, it says, I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. Mm. I would that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I feel the anointing on that. <laughs> this is the state of so many Christians right now is they don't realize the need that they have for Jesus. Mm -hmm. They don't realize the need that they have for seeking first the kingdom of God. They don't realize that they're lukewarm in the way that they live their life, in the way that they go about things. It's like there's an apathy. There's a blinder. You know, when I was reading earlier in Matthew about the light of the gospel, about if your eye is single, your whole body will be full of light. Well, the Bible says that Jesus is is the light of the world. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on and, and he talks about um, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? That's the sign of the end times is that people will call good evil and evil good. And people don't know which way is up because the church has been silent when it comes to the issues of morality. The church has been silent when it comes to going out and doing the work of the ministry and preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. There's so many people who go to church and they never share Christ with one person in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. They never do it. Why? Because they deceive themselves. themselves because they're not a doer of the word. They're not seeking first the kingdom of God. If you go out and start winning souls, you will be amazed at how your relationship with God begins to skyrocket to another level because he said, freely you give, freely or freely you have received, freely give. And this is why he's, he's telling them, he said, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor, blind and naked. He said, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. What happens is the light that's in you is supposed to emanate from you. And then the Bible says that the enemy blinds the minds of the children of disobedience, lest they would receive the light of the gospel and receive mm -hmm. salvation. That light is supposed to be shining into you and shining mm -hmm. from you. And the only way it shines from you, well, not the only way, but the way it shines from you is what I read earlier, is let your light shine before men so that men may see your good works and glory. Glorify God. When you get hungry after God and you want to establish and build the kingdom of God, what's going to happen is works are going to begin to flow out of your life. It's not strenuous. It's not you trying and putting all of your own self-effort into it. It's that God begins to use you as a yielded vessel. What did Moses do? Moses just had an encounter with the burning bush and then from that, all he had to do was go and say what God told him to go and say. Moses didn't perform the miracles. God. Moses didn't deliver the nation. Moses didn't see all of these incredible things happen because Moses decided to go and work works. Yeah. Moses was commissioned and called by God. And because of that, the grace of God worked through him and delivered a nation. You know, we were listening to Dr. Youngie Cho on the drive-in this morning. And all of a sudden, when you hear him and you hear the church that he has of 750,000 people, mm -hmm. he's, you know, and he just casually said, I have 400 churches in America. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he says, 200 of them, though, have become rebellious. I had 600. Now it's only 400. 200 of them have become rebellious and detached from us. It's like... 600 churches, you started 600 churches in America, you have churches all over the world, and your congregation is 750,000 across all of South Korea? Mm. You know what? That makes me feel like I'm coming into the church today to work and waste my time. <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing when this man of God prays for three to five hours a day and then builds and establishes the kingdom in ways that we can't even comprehend in our mind? Yeah. And that's what God has for us. But we don't realize because we're so satisfied with the little salary that we have. We're so satisfied with the little bit of time with our family that we get. We're so satisfied because our show's on Netflix. Netflix that we like to watch and there's a new season coming out and we don't realize that we are poor, wretched, blind, miserable, and naked. And this is the state of so many Christians. They have no idea. They're blinded 
And so this is why he said, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou may be rich, and white raiment, that thou may be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear, and to anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and him with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in the throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in the throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. That's the thing is one of the ways it doesn't just say that if you seek me, you will find Mm. me. One of the other ways that it's translated is if you seek me, I will allow myself to be found by you Mm -hmm. because Jesus is standing at the door knocking. He wants a relationship with us. You know, and that's what, what I realized listening to, to Dr. Youngie Cho today is that Dr. Youngie Cho that didn't just happen because one person decided they wanted to make it happen. You think Dr. Youngie Cho wanted to see the kingdom of God built to that level more than God did? No, No, absolutely not. But he was willing to participate with the plan of God for his life. He was willing to go all the way with God. He was willing to give up whatever needed to be given up. And you mm-hmm. see that throughout the scriptures and throughout history of every man and woman of God who's ever accomplished anything great for the kingdom of God is they were willing to go all the way. Yeah. And no eye has seen or ear has heard what God has in store for those who love him, we have no idea what is waiting for us. And he's just standing at the door knocking, waiting for us. And that's with the excitement of seeking after yeah. God too. Because the Bible tells us to seek after him with joy, yeah. to seek after him with expectation, to seek after him with excitement, to say, God, I know what you've got planned is going to be great. I know what you're going to do is going to be amazing. I know what you're going to mm-hmm. do and the plans you have for me are are good. Because that's what he, he promises us. You know, he says the plans he has for us are good so we have a hope and that we have a future and we get excited to see what he wants us to do Mm -hmm. so we seek after him with joy we seek after him with excitement we seek after him with expectation that we're going to see things we're going to see the miraculous take place in our life but the only way we can do that is if we wholeheartedly seek after him and put him first and make that a goal and make that a desire in our life Mm-hmm. I've got, unless you have anything else you want to add, I've, I've got one last scripture I think we'll, we'll go through and we'll close with this. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Just real quickly as we close up here, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and you would like to, I want to pray with you. It's very simple. You call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. And also if you're watching and you hear what we're talking about with seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and you realize, man, I've I've been going to church. I've been been just going through the motions. I'm I'm what Jesus described in in Revelation. I'm lukewarm and I need to make things right. I need to be hot on fire for God and going to him for my needs and seeking first his kingdom. We want to pray with you that are watching. For either of those, if you're lukewarm and you want to make things right, you want to go to the next level with God, you want to take things serious and you want to get moving with the things of God, or if you've never made Jesus your Lord, just pray this with us. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, wash me and cleanse me and set me free. I believe that you came on the earth and died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. I'm saved, I'm forgiven, and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. And if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ that your sins are forgiving you. And Father, I pray for every person watching that you would stir them, stir their hunger, stir their thirst for your kingdom, Mm -hmm. expose the areas in their life that they're holding back, show them the things that they could have in you if they were to just seek you first and to put you first. Lord, I pray that you would open the eyes of every person watching this, that they would begin to glimpse into the wonderful adventure that you are calling us into in Jesus name. Not one person listening to this will 
fail <laughs> in knowing where God is leading them in Jesus' name. Now it's up to you if you're going to embark on that journey. Yep. Ask, <laughs> seek, seek, and, and knock. knock. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you all for watching with our episode, I think, 128, or this is really episode two of season two, and uh, this has been a great time. I'm enjoying this. If if you're not connected to this ministry, and maybe this is your first time hearing about us, you can go to cohglory.org. That's cohglory.org. Link is in the description of either the podcast that you're listening to or the YouTube video. We would love to have you. You can find more information about the church and ministry of the Cathedral of His Glory there. Sundays at 10.30 a.m. I know at the time of this recording, we've got a water baptism coming up. Information for that is on the website if you you know that what a great reason to decide to get water baptized is because seeking you're Lord. seeking the kingdom <laughs> like, of god no, i'm seeking god yeah. he says to be baptized so that's what i'm gonna do yep <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for watching today god bless you and we'll see you here next time with the next podcast and hopefully on sunday morning so god bless you <laughs> mm.